Jarvis in close shot, there's a goal! Seth Jarvis, the 17-year-old, short side, glove side, high, just under the crossbar. I'm Cross Hannes, and you're listening to the Puckland Hit Podcast. Cutting to the front of the net, and they score. Reese Newkirk along the right wing just took the pass. That was phenomenal patience from Seth Jarvis and the winner. This is Nick Chichek, and you're listening to the Pucklandia Podcast. Hey, this is Reese Newkirk, and you're listening to the Pucklandia Podcast. Hi, I'm Joel Holt of the Portland Warehouse. Welcome to another edition of Pucklandia. Uh, myself, Brandon Rivers, and I got Josh Kreitzer on the line and kicking it off right away. Uh, how are things going for you, Josh? I understand you had a very busy weekend at the rinks. Yeah, it was a, it was a three and three for, for me as well. Uh, made the travel was in, in the building all three nights and it was, uh, yeah, lots of, lots of driving back to and forth from, from Everett, but overall it was a, a good time to, to be in the rink. There's kind of down the, the last bit of stretch here of regular season games and trying to get to, out to as many games as I can. Uh, how was how was your weekend? I know you were able to watch a, a bunch of the games. Uh, how was it on uh, WHL Live? Uh, not too shabby. A little better in the rink, but I, you know, the drive to Everett and back. I, how does that compare with the, you know, the 6 p.m. game in Kent driving back compared to <laughs> compare that to the <laughs> 7 o'clock one, especially considering, you know, you got to stay after and all that. Yeah. How did that compare? <laughs> Yeah, I definitely miss the the drive from Kent. That's a little bit of a shorter drive for me, but uh, overall, you know, I think it was it was, it was a good time. I had some had some good company, and um, yeah, it was overall a a good experience. And I'm I'm definitely glad that that I went. You know, obviously Portland didn't get the the result maybe they were hoping for uh, up there, but a good opportunity to kind of see the, the team on the road. And you know, I've I've seen a, a lot of them here in Portland and and a little bit in in Kent. Uh, I think I've missed one or two of the games up there, but, you know, it's always interesting to see how the team plays on, on the road compared to, you know, at, at their home barn a little bit. So yeah, that, that was a, it was a good experience to, to be up there and, you know, I'm, I've scheduled to, to make the, the trip up to Kent again this weekend. And so, yeah, it, it should be a, a good time, but, um, you know, overall the, the Winterhawks picked up uh, four points on, on the weekend and, you know, they, they've got their, that, that first win on, on Friday night, which for me feels like forever ago, but that was a, a big win, uh, four to one over, over Spokane who had, who had come in uh, red hot. Um, what were your thoughts on, on the Friday night game, Brandon? Well, I, I you know, I think, uh, Hofer, um, you know, we kind of, we talked about the last pod looking more and more like himself. That's a, a key talking point from this one. And, I uh, just can't uh, kind of want to look, look at new storylines, but uh, number 24 and uh, white and red there uh, isn't giving you the opportunity to really talk about too many other people when you got to, you got to mention the, the tear that he's on, uh, you know, with another, another uh, three points in that game. So uh, it's, uh, it's been quite the, quite the run for, uh, for Seth Jarvis and uh, just his 17 year old WHL season, which still amazed me the more and more points he piles up. Uh, over the whole weekend, getting himself up to to a third and and scoring there and and 
putting himself into shooting distance, I guess you could say, uh, would be a proper term there for uh, for Adam Beckman, who uh, the Winterhawks, uh, you know, another key point from that game is they held him off the score sheet. Wasn't able to score a goal. Obviously, he had a primary assist, but keeping uh, Beckman from putting one in your own, in your net uh, is a is a win uh, for any any WHL team right now. Yeah, I, I was talking with Kyle Gustafson after the game on on Friday night, and you know that was one of the things that they mentioned was that you know, hey, Beckman is is a guy who is probably they're, they're going to want to key on, and and you know, I don't know the total number of minutes played, but I, I have a I have a strong feeling that Ludwig was out there for the majority of the minutes that that Beckman was, and and maybe a little bit more time, and you know they Portland did try and put uh, the gracious line uh, on him and and try and help kind of lim- eliminate his time and space. And, um, you know, once you're able to do that, you got to be careful because, you know, Zumac is, is able to potentially, you know, come, come as a good supporting cast for them. And Portland was able to do a good job on Zumac as well. And, you know, they had kind of that, that one breakdown that, that led to the two on one rush and, and, you know, with Jack Finley getting the goal there, but, and, you know, you can't fault Hofer for that one with any time the two-on-one gets passed, you know, twice through uh, through the defenseman there. It, it's it's probably going to be a tap-and goal, which which Finley was able to get for his 16th of the season. But, you know, I think for Portland, how you know, how they responded at, after that goal, uh, they got a big goal from Jonas Bronberg, who's um, been shooting a lot more. We saw that uh, on the weekend, and that's something after talking with the coaching staff uh, after a couple of the games this weekend that, that Johnson really wanted to, um, that they've wanted to work with him on, that they feel like he has a sneaky good shot and that he he's passed up a lot of opportunities. And you're starting to see him kind of put the, put the puck on net a little bit more. He picked up two goals uh, this weekend and uh, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but, you know, both of, both of the goals were, um, you know, came, came from the point and, and he was able to to get that shot through. So, you know, I, I think that was for me something that that stood out as well was just how well Bronberg played over over the weekend, at least offensively. And you know, you're, you're Winterhawks are going to need that uh, come playoff time because you want that production from the back end, and they got some guys that have that are proving commodities. Um, having one more guy in Jonas Bronberg that can uh, put the puck in the net on a consistent basis is is a, is a real key thing to have in the playoffs. That's for sure. Yeah, and especially now with with kind of the uncertainty around Clay Hannes, who who was injured on on Sunday night, um, or at least left the game early. There was no update from Mike Johnson, and then when the weekly report came out today, he was not listed. But I, I wasn't able to to get to practice or, or or be able to talk with anyone who who was there to to find out if he was in a non contact jersey or if he was even practicing. So hopefully, you know, as the week gets closer, we'll have a little bit more of an update for for fans on on him. But you know, if, if Hannes isn't able to go, you know, having Bronberg being able to step up is is going to be is going to be key. And uh, we saw that on Sunday when uh, Ludwig uh, stepped up to to fight Owen Hardy after after the hit on Hannes with, with Hannes in the locker room and and Ludwig in the penalty box. They threw Bronberg out there with with that top power play unit, and sure enough, he didn't he didn't miss a beat and was able to score uh, that power play goal. So you know, I think for for Bronberg to be able to take that next step. I know last week we talked about Cade Nolan and some of his uh, strides that he's taken. So you're starting to see some of kind of the depth on the, on the blue line start to step up offensively after, you know, we've kind of been talking about the forwards most of, uh, of, of the season. 
Yeah, and I guess uh, it's kind of a kind of lead in there to the Everett game. Um, one last thing I want to mention about the Spokane game is that uh, that red hot Spokane uh, power play. They had two chances in the Friday game, and and Portland held them off the score sheet on the power play at least, and transitioned that over to Everett. Uh, two power play chances as well, but they uh, scored on both of them. So overall, what did you see live there? And uh, uh, yeah, and I think it's. You know, uh, <laughs> arena there and ever i had to think of the current name <laughs> <laughs> yeah angel of the winds now i guess is is what they're going by but i think portland if you were to add up both of of the time remaining on on the two goals i think it combined for like three or four seconds of power play time that was left so the winter hawks were very close to being able to kill off both those penalties i know on the second power play goal they had an opportunity uh, for a first time clear and uh, the Winterhawks weren't able to get the puck out of the zone, and and a few seconds later, before you know it, it's in it's in the back of their net. And you know, I th- I thought for me watching that game in person was that Jake Christensen was by far the best player on the ice that night. You know, I thought you know Jarvis and Darrow had had that really strong play um, on the two on one that that they had, but but for the most part, Dustin Wolf wasn't really tested that much. There wasn't a lot of you know, quality, quality looks. I know Portland had, um, I think it was like 20, it was like 26, 31 shots somewhere in there. Um, I can't remember which one was Portland, which one was Everett from, from all these games. But, you know, I think just Wolf wasn't tested very much. And that penalty kill was maybe not quite as, as strong as it, as it has been. And, but at the same time as talking with Johnston after the game was, hey, you got to give Everett a little bit of credit because that is the top power play in the league. And they're able to to move the puck around. And they, they also got Dawson Butt back uh, two games early from his suspension that was reduced uh, down. And so he had played on Friday and kind of knocked some of the rust off and then then comes back in and, and scores the game's first goal and assists on on the third goal as well. So. You know, I think those were a couple of the key things that, that stood out to me. The other thing that I really noticed was any of the 50-50 puck battles seemed to go the way of Everett on Saturday. And it's not, we haven't seen it that often where Portland is beat to a lot of pucks. And I thought Everett's forecheck was tenacious. It caused a lot of turnovers. And it, it was something for the Winterhawks to really kind of as they play some of these top teams again in, in the U S division between Spokane and, and Everett, but that four check has been sometimes an area where, you know, if they can take go, other teams can take away that outlet pass and that breakout pass and uh, it can cause Portland a little bit of fits. Yeah. That's the, that's a recipe for, for uh, causing the winter Hawks trouble to before they can get that speed going down the ice. If you can get in on that defense and create turnovers. That's, that's how you're going to beat this winter Hawks team. Teams yep. have that ability to do so, but uh, Everett's I definitely showed that Saturday night uh, for sure. And I will say, like you said, I don't think Wolf was tested as much as he was in the last uh, time that previous to this game that they played that 4-3 Everett went up in Everett. I thought Wolf was possibly uh, the best player on the ice, uh, you know, despite giving up the three goals. Like he made uh, many, many uh, great uh, stops, which he, and even though he only giving up the one goal this time, wasn't tested nearly as much. So, yeah, definitely uh, thought you made a good point there about uh, uh, Wolf not need, not needing to be the Dustin Wolf that he uh, we've seen uh, throughout the the season. Yep. 
And and I think that's that's kind of a testament to Portland and Everett are are kind of if you look at what their strengths are, you know, Everett's got a really strong top line and and Portland you could make the case does too, but but Portland's strength is, is probably their their forward depth where Everett is their their depth on the blue line. So you know, I think you, and then both have, you know, some quality goaltenders in, in Wolf and, and Hofer, but, you know, I, I think it's going to kind of, if, should these two teams meet in the playoffs, it's going to come down to, all right, which group is able to, to step up more, you know, Everett's gotten a lot of production from their blue line and with Christensen and, and, and Wiley, and now with the acquisition of Pudio, who's starting to kind of find the score sheet for them as well. You know, it's going to come down to okay, how do how does Portland handle that, and versus how does Everett handle Portland's you know young forwards that are buzzing around, and you know if they're able to kind of connect on some of those passes. I know Knack had a couple of passes in there that maybe just bounced off his stick or was just a step behind Hannes. So you know, I think that's going to be a, a key thing to watch as uh, again, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but as Everett's back in town on, on Sunday here in Portland for, for a rematch. So it, that is going to be a very interesting thing to, uh, for me to watch in, in the remaining three matchups between these two teams. So moving forward into Sunday, uh, Portland kept their record against the East division spotless, uh, in convincing fashion as they seem to have done quite often against the East division teams, uh, coming out making the hard trek through the U.S. division, playing some really tough and speedy teams, and then uh, coming up short against the, the Winterhawks. Uh, Musha being the more rested team on Sunday, uh, you were there live. Uh, did, it, uh, did it appear to be that they were the rested team and Portland was the, the team playing three and three there? <laughs> it, it sure didn't seem like it. I know it, at first, you know, Portland, that first shift, I thought Jarvis and Duro probably could have had, you know, three goals on, on that first shift. But Gould made some some big saves. And, you know, Jarvis, I think, had one that I think that he shot high that, you know, he doesn't normally miss. But, you know, for them, they, they came out and they got the game's first goal from, from Nick Chichek just under three minutes in, into the game. And uh, I, I think that was a, a key moment uh, in the game. And I think one of the other key moments came uh, towards, I think it was in the middle of the, the first period where uh, Portland, uh, after um, Moosejaw came back and, and tied the game after a faceoff win and, and Hardy found the back of the net you know, Portland started to pour it on a little bit with, with the shots and they were able to kind of regain the lead a little bit. But then there was this long, long stretch of play in, in the Moose Jaw zone and the Warriors came back after a couple of shifts and they put a couple of shots onto Januzzi uh, there and he responded with with a couple of big saves to kind of keep the momentum on, on Portland's side. I know he maybe wasn't as tested as much as, as what Johnson was saying, but I, I felt like those couple of saves, you know, we, we've talked about it a lot with Portland this year. They control the puck a lot and they've got a long stretch sometimes that they make their goalies go without facing a shot. And to me, how Januzzi handled that, that and was able to kind of keep and preserve the lead was a key moment. And, and it allowed Portland to really settle into the game and were able to get that natural hat trick by, uh, by Reese Newkirk and, uh, you know, unlike the last time there was a hat trick in Portland, the fans uh, noticed it this time. So shout out to the fans for, for paying attention on this one. And uh, also helped when uh, Reese Newkirk uh, held up three fingers. So everyone knew as well that it was a hat trick. So 
Uh, maybe there's just needs to be a little more communication both on and off the ice, but uh, not to take a shuttle, uh, a subtle shot at fans, but um, you know, it's just one, of, it was just one of those uh, types of games there. So, yeah. And pretty close with those, that natural hat trick to, you know, uh, making it look like there was an error on the stat sheet there with uh, the same goal being repeated three times. Uh, <laughs> the way it yep. runs out there with uh, Newkirk from uh, Jarvis and Ludwig twice and Newkirk from uh, Grecius and Ludwig the other time. So yep. uh, clearly, I mean, if you, if these teams are pre-scouting Portland's uh, power play uh, when they can create an opportunity for Jarvis to, to get the puck to, to Newkirk in the slot there with that quick release he's got. Uh, you got to do everything you can to keep that from happening. And it seemed like uh, Mushta wasn't able to stop that. And uh, Portland showed just how dangerous that uh, setup on the power play is. Obviously not their only setup, but uh, that, that one is one that teams are going to want to stay away from, that's for sure. Yeah, and that was something that it, it seemed like Portland really keyed on looking at at the at the defensive coverage for for Moostra and Moostra just never really seemed to adapt. They just kind of kept the their same defense and the same penalty kill structure as opposed to seeing, okay, this is what Portland's trying to do. And, you know, sure enough, they you know, Portland was able to to hit them for for four power play goals and three kind of on 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 that same play. So, you know, and they also uh, in that game got kind of some returns from some scoring again with, with Hannes and, and Kozak and, and Manic finding the the score sheet. And then uh, the ever popular uh, Keyshawn Gervais, um, you know, he had a very eventful night with the Gordie Howe hat trick and was able to bring the fans to the feet, to their feet, like, like he often does. And, uh, you know, after not playing in a, um, a few games in a row, he, he made his splash and, and showed why, you know, he should be part of uh, that rotation that they're doing there. And, uh, you know, he, he had, a, had the fight, had the goal and um, picked up or had the fight and then got the assist. And then uh, all he needed left there was was the goal. And he was uh, able to, to pull that off as well. And you can't talk about uh, stat night there with the 11-2 win without talking about uh, um, 31 there. Dante Genuzzi, who uh, got two assists and, uh, you know, running up that points per game uh, stat sheet a little bit this year. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the, I know that uh, the WHL and Robert Murray put put a tweet out there about this was before he had the the second assist added, which which came afterwards when uh, when there was a video review of of all the goals to make sure that the assists and plus minus and everything was was all accurate, and there was a bunch of scoring changes that took place after after the fact, and you know he had he would picked up an assist on both Bronberg's goal as well as uh, Chichek's goal, uh, setting the play up uh, behind the net, but. Uh, I also saw that Andy Moog tweeted out that, hey, his 6-0 record is also not bad for uh, rookie goaltenders either. So um, <laughs> he's contributing, uh, you know, uh, uh, from from the assist standpoint. But, hey, the, the 6-0 record's uh, uh, not too shabby either. And so, I, I did want to, you know, we can't shoot past uh, Tyson Kozak with his first career yep. uh, three-point game. What have you liked out of Kozak uh, uh, recently and, and what he's bringing the lineup? Yeah, I, I think he, he's really stepped up. Um, you know, I think maybe some of the offenses has slowed down a little bit for him, but I feel like there was one of the things that that hasn't been missing for, from him, from his game is on the defensive side of the puck and his ability to uh, kind of handle, I don't want to say that third line center role because they kind of are rotating guys and moving, you know, lines up, up and down. But, you know, for me, Kozak has kind of just been this steady, 
Um, kind of you know what you're getting. He's going to be a responsible player. He's going to read the play. If a defenseman's pinched down, you know that Kozak's going to be covering uh, at, at the blue line to, to try and help prevent odd man rushes. So it was good to see him get, get back on, on the score sheet. Um, you know, it, it's, you know, he, he kind of fits into that. He's a 17 year old technically by, by hockey age. And I know it comes up almost every podcast that we talk about with him, but you know, he doesn't, he doesn't turn, uh, 18 until December. So, uh, you know, he's, he's barely a, a 17 year old and, uh, he, he had gone, he had gone a few games w- w- without a goal. And, uh, so it was good to see him kind of back on, on the score sheet and, and contributing, uh, you know, it's always nice for for Portland to to have that and, and to get the the depth. And I I can't remember the exact stat, but with him getting the goal, I think that's now twelve players or ten players or something like that that have double digit goals uh, with ten. And uh, Mason Manick joined him uh, later in the game as as he picked up two of them, uh, uh, two goals himself as well. So um, Portland's got a, a fair number of uh, of guys there who have. I uh, hit that uh, that double digit milestone. Yeah, yeah, I got that stat pulled up right now. That's ten with ten goals or more. So that's ten of but them. And, and uh, both Simon Knack and Clay Honest are are just one goal away. So <laughs> yeah. that's something. Uh, and I, his primary assist on the Keyshawn Gervais backhand goal was something too, just to have that puck vision and and see the the speedy Gervais just getting into some space right in, into the zone. So. Uh, he's definitely showcasing some good uh, vision there too, but I guess transitioning into into what look, what to look for this coming week. Oh, real quick. Uh, home, home. Oh, real quick before you move on. Um, yeah. I know we wanted to touch on real quick. I know there were some questions from fans about why um, Brock Gould was uh, left in in the game, um, and it came out today that uh, Billius. I can never pronounce his name. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but he, he was listed at, as, as out, uh, with an injury and Moose actually called up an, a 15 year old affiliate player. So, uh, that kind of answers the questions about, you know, it was like, all right, at, at what point do you, you kind of feel bad for the, for the guy of like, all right, you know, give him a break, like bring, put the next guy in. And, uh, it, it, it sure seems like that has had to do it with the injury. So, um, kind of close, close the, the loop on, on that and, um, you know, because Gould had had played really well. He had faced a lot of shots uh, in Spokane. I think what fifty eight saves through regulation, uh, and then I think tonight, as we recorded this on Tuesday night, he made another fifty some saves or forty high forty saves against Seattle. So he he's definitely yeah, so, uh, the trip. In his three of his last four games played, he has fifty three or more. He's faced fifty three or more shots. So wow. uh, that's something. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I just wanted to close close the close the book on that one. So um, we can move forward now into uh, the weekend preview here. Yeah, and uh, home and home against Seattle, uh, getting to know each other as I do uh, every every year. But uh, Seattle rebounding after a three game skid, um, most recently with the Vancouver game on uh, Monday. They uh, play the very next the old Monday Tuesday two and two. Uh, you don't see too often. Uh, they rebound against Moose Jaw tonight. So what are you looking for out of uh, the home and home uh, with the Seattle Thunderbirds? I know they're uh, starting to get a little healthier, but uh, still with some key guys missing from the lineup. Yeah, I think it, Portland and Seattle, they know each other really well. They play 12 times a season and I believe there's still five games left, but between the two and, you know, the games this year have been tight. I think a, a fair number of them have gone to, to overtime and ultimately into a, 
into a shootout. So it, it seems like when, when these two teams get together of late, they're, they're close games. Portland is, has put up a fair number of shots over the past couple of games against the Thunderbirds. But, you know, I, I think these two teams know what the, each other wants to do. Uh, I think Portland's going to see uh, Roddy Ross in, in net there. And he's he seems to play really well against the Winterhawks. And so I think it's going to come down to special teams. And, you know, is Portland able to convert on, on the chances uh, that they have? And, you know, Connor Roulette has been playing really well. He had another goal again tonight, uh, having a pretty spectacular 16-year-old season. You know, we, ta- we touched a lot on what Jarvis was able to do last year as a 16-year-old, and, and Roulette is having just an amazing season. So that'll be another player to watch um, for, you know, as kind of the, the rivalry moves moves forward. And Matthew Rempe's seemed to put together some some good games against the Winterhawks the, this season. So, uh, you know, it's always a hat trick tonight, too. So, yeah, this guy is going to be able to score goals this year. So, yeah, it's just, you know, I think when these two teams get together, it's it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun game. And we've seen leads not be safe. We've seen three goal comebacks and we've seen, you know, high scoring games. We've seen lower scoring games. So, you know, you know, kind of, you know, pick out of the hat. What, 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 what kind of what's going to happen tonight or on Friday? Well, I, I don't have the stat in front of me. I wish I did, but it, it does seem like the, the Seattle Thunderbirds have played a, a large number of games into uh, overtime in the shootout this year. So uh, games with Seattle always seem to be close. That's for sure. So so I'd look for this weekend between those two, uh, you know, uh, I five rivals. Yeah, and on Saturday, I know that with there's going to be that the the Challenge Cup that's going on for in advance of kind of highlighting the upcoming U.S. draft, and we'll have more on that draft here coming up in in the next couple of weeks. But uh, I know it's going to be a, a probably a pretty pretty full barn up up in Kent at the Shower Center, and I know you and I will will both be there. At, you know, you know, schedules pending obviously, but uh, that's the that's the plan is to, is to both uh, be up there, and you know. I believe it's a TV game on Saturday, so it's going to be it's going to be a, a raucous crowd, and everyone's going to be be fired up before uh, Portland. After they get through those two games, they've got that rematch w- with Everett back on on Sunday, and and that's going to be a really key game for Portland because uh, I believe right now with Everett having two games in hand, they can get within five points uh, on their own, and so you know these these games against Everett kind of turn into four point games, and so. Uh, Portland can kind of take back control of the U.S. division or that lead can get a little bit tighter. Um, so that's definitely, I think, going to be a, a very interesting game to, to watch uh, on on Sunday. And I would imagine that, um, you know, I have no insider information at this point, but I, I would imagine that Hofer gets two of the three games uh, and, and Januzzi picks up one of the others. But, uh, you know, We'll, we'll see how, how Portland and Mike Johnson wants to handle the, the goaltending situation. I did ask about it. They're very tight lipped. So as of right now, we'll see who starts each, each night. Um, you know, as you know, if we get any more insight into that, you know, we'll be sure to, to pass it along through uh, social media. Yeah. And with the, you know, the challenge cup and those, those Bantam age kids, a lot of them from around different places in the U S uh, a good chance for them to, to see uh, WHL, um, Saturday night game between Seattle and Portland, which is uh, never a bad thing if you're trying to sell your product to uh, players who might know a little bit more about the NCAA ranks than they do about the WHL. So good opportunity for the WHL on Saturday to 
to showcase uh, what uh, you as the fan listening to this for sure know uh, what, what can happen when uh, Seattle and Portland get together. Yeah. Any uh, final closing thoughts that we maybe didn't touch on? I, I think we're, we're on pace for maybe one of our, our fastest and most succinct pods we've ever had, but uh <laughs> You know, famous, famous last words and the typical Minnesota goodbye here. But uh, anything we didn't touch on that, that you wanted to, to mention, Brandon? I think that's pretty much it. I, you know, it's, it's always fun this time of year when, when you look at the division standings and things start, start to get kind of tight. Um, I think across the board, we're, we, you know, uh, we kind of see the 16 teams that are going to be playing in the WHL playoffs uh, come late March, uh, early April. but. Uh, we don't exactly know what order they're going to be in. So this is always kind of fun to, to shake that out. Uh, and Everett with, uh, with a shot to catch Portland. And, and uh, this weekend will tell us uh, a lot about whether they're able to do that or not. So that's about all I have to say about you. Yeah. How about you, though, Josh? Only other thing I wanted to say was give a quick shout out to our, our normal host, Chad, who's who missed uh, today. He was day to day. I don't want to give away any of his injuries. So we'll just call it that he's got maybe an upper body injury. Uh, that uh, kind of held him out tonight. So we were hoping to be able to bring Chad back in w- with you guys. I know there's been some people been asking when we're going to get Chad back involved. So uh, he's by, he, you know, get get well soon, Chad. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to see him uh, at, at the rink this weekend. And I'm I'm sure he will. Yeah, he's a he's a fighter, and you know he'll he'll get through all all this stuff. So uh, just kind of throwing guy. a little <laughs> little couple. Of, he's a hockey guy. He'll be there. So. Um, you know, shout out to Chad and, and hopefully we're, you know, we're, we're able to get him on uh, next week uh, back in into the fold on under the podcast. So that's all I've got. Uh, Brandon, how can uh, the fine folks here in Portland uh, follow you if they're not already? Well, it'll be Rivers WHL on uh, Twitter and of course, uh, check out Dub Network. We've got stuff coming out uh, every day, at least the daily dose of the Dub, but uh, far more than that. So if you want to find out more about the, the teams Portland's facing, uh, or what they have in store. Um, that's kind of where you can find it. And I guess that leads to where they can find your stuff, uh, which I kind of probably just answered, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably about the same thing. Uh, at Dub Network on Twitter and then uh, at JJCRITZER on Twitter. Uh, and with that, we will wrap up here. So thanks all for tuning in to uh, Pucklandia, and we will see you all around the rake.